0: I was thinking about like my overall philosophy of design recently. And one of the things I came up with is when I tried to distill all the way down is design is the biggest lever that you get to pull to control how people feel. So when you go into a space that's been well designed, um, the reason any space attracts people is because it makes them feel a certain way. If you think about where people travel, you know. Uh, people travel to, you know, gorgeous thousand year old, you know, cities in Europe, people go to cathedrals, people go to, you know, gorgeous national parks and and mountains. And, and, you know, all of that is because that evokes a, a completely different feeling like this, like childlike sense of wonder inside of people. And to me, You know, buildings do that, right? Like it's a very, it's like the most tangible expression of the physical world.
1: Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, Zach here. Quick question before we dive into today's chat. So are you ever scrolling on Instagram and you see these like ridiculously beautiful Airbnbs that look like they're fresh out of a dwell or restoration of hardware magazine? And have you ever wondered to yourself, like how the heck are these hosts able to afford to furnish their spaces so elegantly? Well, I wondered this too, until I found out that there's actually a secret that many of the best Airbnb hosts know that enable them to buy things like West Elm Media Consoles, crate and barrel couches, and parachute sheets at prices that... You just really can't get anywhere else. And that secret... Well, it's Minoan, a completely free platform to purchase everything that you need for your short-term rental. If you have more than one short-term rental, chances are that you use some sort of system for your property management, right? Whether it's like a guestie or an uplisting. Well, Minoan is the system that hosts use for furnishing and refreshing their homes. Minoan provides hosts with a one-stop shop to get hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands and a system where you can manage all of the ordering, all of the tracking, all of the returns, et cetera, in one place, which obviously just saves you a lot of time and money. Oh, and the best part, again, is that Minoan is totally free. Like, no membership fees, no annual dues, nada. Like, it's almost too good to be true, Except for the fact that, well, it is true. (laughs) And if you thought Minoan couldn't get any better, well, that's actually where you would be wrong. So I want you to stay tuned for more info in just about 15 minutes from now that'll make you want to sign up for Minoan the minute this episode is over. All right, so stay tuned in just a few minutes and hear a little bit more about why you want to sign up for your free, totally free, Minoan account the minute this podcast is over. In just a moment, you'll meet Hans Lorai, head of design at investment.com and one of the most beloved designers in the short term rental and boutique hospitality corners of the internet. Hans was working in a bar in Nashville when he overheard a couple of real estate developers discussing a new luxury build that they were working on nearby. And something about their conversation just sparked inspiration in Hans. He asked if he could come and check out their project, and to his surprise, the duo said yes. And while Hans couldn't have known it at the time, this would prove to be a pivotal moment in his life and the first step in his journey to becoming a realtor, learning the ropes of development, and applying his creative talents to the hospitality space. In this conversation, Hans and I discuss why short-term rental hosts should invest way more in design, why hosts should think about their yards as an extension of their homes, and how to ensure that every item that you buy for your short-term rental is aligned with your unique hospitality brand get excited for a riveting and inspirational conversation with one of my favorite follows on twitter all right folks without further ado get ready to meet hans all right hans we are live dude this is such a pleasure man thanks for uh thanks for making some time for me
0: Thanks for bringing me on. I uh love everything you're doing here and uh some amazing past guests.
1: Yeah, dude, I uh it's funny. I I think I actually first heard about you through Isaac French. Um either hmm. he I think he must have like retweeted something that you tweeted or something uh, uh a while ago, but since then like you've been you've been like one of my favorite follows on Twitter and it's, it's fun. I feel like sometimes when I'm following you on Twitter, I have to remind myself that I'm on Twitter and not on Instagram because you, you have a lot of like photos and visuals in your tweets, which I, which I actually really appreciate. It's, it's a nice like break from what I'm used to in my feed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I think that, you know, especially my niche design, obviously visuals is the best way to teach that you yeah. know um there, there are certain principles that you can write out there's there's certainly you know logical aspects of design but at the end of the day you know to really understand it you have to look at pictures and say oh i see that's what's going on there in that living room that's what's going on outside um and so that's that's what i'm striving to do every day is teach from pictures
1: yeah and it, what's so cool about that is because you're doing it in a medium and and on a channel where that's not like the norm right that's not what people normally consume when when they're on twitter i think it it stands out all the more which is just which is really really cool from a positioning standpoint so keep it up. i hope
0: it's thanks i i hope it's a nice break for people as we're you know scrolling through all kinds of different um you know comment wars and uh and ratios (laughs) and things uh that you get to look at a, a, a beautiful picture of a you know nice outdoor living
1: room or cool you know bedroom str or something like that and and break things up yeah well as far as i'm concerned it's great keep up uh, keep up the great work um and then for for those who aren't following hans normally we talk about this at the end of the show but uh in, in the show notes below we'll have a link to his twitter profile so you can be sure to to, to give him a follow you will not regret it, um well dude we have a lot to cover today and uh as as I mentioned in a chat we had a couple weeks ago I've been following you for a while I've been a fan of your work I know that you're connected to a lot of a lot of the folks in the in the space that I really respect but I I haven't spent much time on this show talking with designers I think I might have had like one or two on that are that are really sort of like interior designers and they've kind of built up a brand for themselves in the short term rental sort of like renovation space and whatnot which is which is great. From my perspective, you're you're kind of like next level. Uh so I, I'm just excited to hear hear your story, quite frankly, and then unpack some of the lessons that I think folks who are tuning into this conversation, most of whom are hospitality entrepreneurs who have who are really sort of like bullish on on unique stays and you, folks who are building building real brands around their portfolios. They're they're less concerned with you know scaling to 200 300 units and and they're more concerned with like hey how do i have a healthy portfolio but a really really solid brand behind that portfolio and so i think that there are some just cool tips that you can share with us today that that will help these folks continue to think creatively about the vision for their for their respective companies yeah let's uh let's do it i'm ready perfect all right so i want to first hear the story behind how you went from bartending to getting your real estate license because i think from uh, from the chat we had a little while ago that was sort of the that was really what got you into this space to begin with you were you were Absolutely. literally bartending and then you like overheard a conversation at a bar or someone you were serving well what's the story there
0: uh, i was working at uh actually at a mexican restaurant uh in nashville behind the bar and these two guys came in for lunch and they were uh I realized from their conversation so they're they're doing spec builds so one of them is basically an investor and the other one is the builder and it was around the time I mean it was, it was perfect time it was around the time that I was reading all these real estate books and also you know dating my wife I knew I had to get serious about my life and, you know, make something of myself. <laughs> and these guys are talking about their projects and I start asking them, um, and they're like, Oh yeah, we're, you know, we're building a couple homes in the neighborhood right here. So I was like, can I come check out some of your projects and just, you know, get to know you guys and and what you're doing. I'm, I'm really curious about it. So the very next day I went and saw two of the homes that they were building and wow. it was just it was the first time that I had really been exposed to, you know, kind of higher end new construction um, while it was being built. And I was just blown away with the whole, um, you know, high ceilings, beautiful kitchen, lots of windows, that kind of thing. Um, it really captivated me. Yeah. And from that moment, it was it was kind of, I, I knew like, I, I've got to get into this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that, I mean, that, talk about sort of just being like brave. Right. And, and, and seizing the moment there. I mean, like, cause on the one hand, these guys could have just been like, yo dude, now, you know, bring me another beer, like get off, you know, like it, it, we'll talk to you later kind of thing. Like it, it's quite, it's quite cool that they were like down to show you their, their projects. Like that doesn't happen every day.
0: You know, I, I think real estate, um, obviously I'm biased cause I'm in real estate, but, um, it's the, everybody there is so friendly and there are, unlimited stories of people that went you know from from nothing to everything um from having nothing to you know doing these amazing development projects building these homes and it's such a it's such a community where there are so many that are willing to mentor others Hmm. um everybody i think you know unless you grew up in a family that does real estate you come into it intimidated you think to yourself how could i possibly ever get all this money to build these buildings and you know all those different properties um and it's always through partnerships with others it's always through the help of others so that's one thing that i've experienced you know both in the local real estate community here in nashville but then also um real estate twitter um incredible incredible place for meeting people and there are if anybody is interested in that as a career, I would just strongly encourage you reach out to people who are doing it. I, I've never been met with anything but, you know, kind of open arms and let me help you with this and explain to you how I did this.
1: Yeah, it, it does seem like people are. And obviously, there are the folks out there that are, you know, pushing their courses and, and all that fun stuff. And, you know, some, some are great. Some are some are not so great. You got to be careful there. But at the end of the day. There, it is a. It does seem to be this community where people are really hungry to teach, right? Like, and 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 to and a lot a lot of times the teaching is free, right? Whether it's a a Twitter thread, right, or whether it's even hopping. Like, I've had people who are who I consider to be kind of like you know the low key heroes in the space be willing to jump on a quick call with me and just like answer a question that I have, which is shocking because that that doesn't really happen. Uh, in I have a bunch of friends who you know like work in tech and whatnot, and. It, it it doesn't happen as frequently in, a, in other spaces from, from what I've seen. So it is, it does seem to be a very generous community. Yeah,
0: I, I think that's true. I, I think it's also, if you just think about the nature of the business, you know, it's, it's project based, right? Hmm. House to house, apartment, to apartment, renovation to renovation, whatever it is. So those people actually do have, they're, they're not in an office working nine to five. They yeah. have time where they go from projects and where they, you know, they, they might not have anything to do that particular day and, and happy to walk you through something they're working on. So yeah. um, I think it's just the nature of, those are projects that take place in a the neighborhood. They're people that have flexible schedules. So often they're people that, you know, came from circumstances where they didn't have a lot. And yeah, like like we've been saying, it's, it's an incredible community and encourage anybody that's interested to get involved. <laughs>
1: All right, friends, it's me again with just a wee bit more info about our friends at Minoan. So in addition to providing hosts with a completely free system to help streamline furnishing and granting hosts access to hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands, Minoan also enables hosts to make their homes shoppable in a way that's subtle and also sophisticated. So here's an example of how this works. Let's say a guest sends you a message remarking how well they slept during their stay. And they ask, you know, what kind of mattress was in the master bedroom because when they get home they want to buy a new mattress because again they had just such a beautiful night's sleep right well as it turns out It was a purple mattress that you had ordered via Minoan when you were furnishing your home. Well, if that guest does go and buy a purple mattress, Minoan thinks that you should get a cut of that sale, right? After all, it was a great night's sleep on your mattress that convinced this guest that they had to have the same one. So Minoan's technology enables hosts to earn commissions on everything from mattresses to coffee makers and soaps to sofas. You can save on high-end furnishings upfront. And then if you want, you have the ability to earn cash money whenever your guests buy the products that they fell in love with while they were staying at your vacation rental so again you don't have to do this right you can just use minoan to buy these incredible glorious furnishings for your home you don't also have to make your home shoppable but if you want to do that minoan provides a really easy simple way to do this that does not you know disturb guest experience it's not like there's like price tags on everything right like it's a very subtle very sophisticated kind of like one little qr code uh, that you can put anywhere in your in your home and folks can go and 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 explore the um the furnishings uh, around your space, just by quickly scanning that that QR code, you could throw it in your, you know, on your kitchen sink near your kitchen sink, or you could put it, you know, near uh, near the guest bedroom, whatever it might be, right? Um, so I want you to take a moment right after this conversation, or you could pause the episode and do this right now, and I want you to sign up for a free count at MinoanExperience.com. Please, please, please tell the folks there that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Just head on over to Minoan. That's M-I-N-O-A-N experience.com. And again, be sure to tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate you taking some time to check out Minoan and let me know what you think about their offerings. So you go to these projects, you see these cool, uh, these cool developments underway, you get inspired, and then and then what? Like what what's the story after that?
0: Yeah. So I um I realized pretty quickly after uh talking with these guys, I started trying to find deals for them, uh basically, you know, functioning as what people would refer to as a bird dog. Yeah. So um, you know, searching around for lots where we could build homes in Nashville. And I realized pretty soon that We're using a real estate agent for at least one, if not both sides of almost all these deals. So it was pretty obvious to me that I should get my real estate license. Um, I also bought my first house around the same time that I I got my real estate license. So, you know, had the experience of being a homeowner. And um, I was convinced by a mortgage lender that I met after getting my real estate license. He's like, you got to work in a team because that's really how you're going to learn real estate, you know, like at volume. So I went to work for uh, a guy in Nashville, big top producing agent, and a huge portion of his business was new construction. And the way that he would go about new construction was he would find lots similar to, you know, what I had been trying to do for these two guys. Yeah. Find lots, um, do the diligence on the lots with the you know zoning and planning department, assign the contract um, that, that he was able to write with the seller to the builder. The builder would build, you know, the home and and then we would turn around and list the home. So he really showed me that model. And I was super grateful to really understand, um, you know, napkin math underwriting for new construction and codes, zoning, planning, all that stuff. So that was, that was a really, really great experience. And, um,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and I feel like, like that, what's so cool about that story, right. Is that like from the get go, I, I, I think that you you you've clearly like been interested in joining a community and being a part of a community. And I think that what you just described there is a perfect example of like the importance of just having strong relationships in this space and how that is really just a, an accelerator for for your own development and, and your own growth. So I, I'm curious, like so you, you you get into the space, you get your real estate license, you end up uh I, I believe you end up uh purchasing a a, a couple lots or you, you have like three short term rentals now that that you own and operate. Um and and what like I guess what what's the story how do you get interested in sort of the short term rental space here as opposed to just these beautiful kind of like single family homes or these, you know, these larger luck like, like luxe builds. At what point in time do you, you start being intrigued by what's happening in short-term rentals?
0: Um, yeah. So within a couple years, uh, really two years of me going to work for that real estate agent, um, I started to notice a lot of purpose-built short-term rentals popping up around Nashville. It's really around the time that Nashville really started exploding you know, as a city and especially as a tourist market. Hmm. Got all these bachelorette parties and I, I wanted to get in on that action. Um, I saw that, you know, it was a lot of heavy lifting to get to the point where you actually had something up and running, but once you did in fact have a system up and running, it was, you know, well worth the time putting in to do that. So we had a lot, uh, it was actually the, the backyard, the massive backyard behind the first house that, uh, I had ever purchased. Okay. And, um, I was able to use the, basically the equity in the home to functions, the down payment on a construction loan and went ahead and started building these two short-term rental buildings. So we, um, you know, I, it was the it was the first project where I was not involved as a real estate agent, but it was entirely my own project. Yes. You know, so I uh, met with the engineer, uh, met with the architects, you know, went down to the city, figured everything out and was extremely involved the whole time. And I just totally fell in love with that building process. Hmm. I, I was I just beyond obsessed. Like I would go over there, you know, while they were framing those homes out, I, I would go over there sometimes like two or three times a day, just thinking <laughs> about like, what can I do with this space? You know, can we make this better? Are there any tweaks that we can make to, you know, just make this outcome so great. And um, yeah, so we ended up finishing those out. One of the things that I learned from that process, I think like the most important takeaway yeah. is that small, small choices, small tweaks throughout the process have massive impact in the final project. Hmm. You know, the decision to go from a nine foot to a 10 foot ceiling costs almost nothing, all the difference in the world in the way that property feels, um, your design choices in lighting, your design choices in appliances and counters and floors and all that stuff. Again, it's like, it seems like relatively small stuff, while you're actually, you know, writing those things out in a spreadsheet, but it has a massive impact for what you come away with and what your final product is.
1: Yeah. What What I love about this, Hans, is like, I mean, how often, right? You, you're You're talking a little bit about like it's borderline like obsessive, right? You You go into the the, the construction site three times a day and like just thinking, right? And yet at the same time it seems like an incredibly wise strategy when, when, when you're interested in sort of designing something that is experientially different, right? It's almost like who wouldn't want the creative, the the designer, right? coming to the site multiple times maybe not multiple times a day but multiple times a week right to just be like huh you know what on second thought what if we do this slightly differently like when, when you have the ability to have that sort of influence right and you can and you can be there in real life as the project is coming from you know a, a a design file or like you know a sketchbook right In into into reality talk about how how influential and how important that can be to to that final product that you're creating like that's I feel like that's something that way more people should do rather than the, hey, you know what, we'll come by and we'll we'll check on things once a month, right? Or, you know, once every couple of months to see how the project is progressing.
0: One of the things that I realized during that process is that um, if you care about the outcome yeah. of your project, whether or not you have a GC, whether or not you have a project manager, you are the GC and you are the project manager. Hmm. If you want things to end up how you want them to end up, it's the same thing. You're also the architect. Yeah. <laughs> if you care, you're the architect. You're the you're the designer. If you want something to be super intentionally well done and thought out from the beginning, you have to be intimately involved in that whole process, or You have to find really 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 good people to do it uh the problem with really 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 good people is they usually cost uh really really (laughs) a lot of money so
1: yeah that's a trade-off yeah yeah what's so interesting is like i think about some of the people you know who've designed really cool uh experiential uh experiential spaces and yeah, obviously Isaac French and what he's done at Live Oak Lake is the example that a lot of people are are most familiar with. I know that there there are lots of others, but one of the one of the things that I found just so I had the opportunity to go kind of talk with Isaac in person uh for for an interview and one of the things that just you just can't miss when you talk to him is like how obsessive he is about those like details and yeah. he walks you through I knew exactly how many feet between this sign and the you know the the driveway that I wanted and like the way that he talks again it is like to you know your average Joe, Joe like me it's 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 obsessive and it's like dude calm down a little bit right but at the same time right if if you want to create something that is that is that truly uh, embodies the vision that you had for it initially you you have to be that obsessive right like if you want to be if you want to be differentiated you have to be obsessive at least to an extent so um yeah yeah very very interesting uh points here and and well said i i am curious hans as you've you know grown i know that you're at investment.com and you're doing you're leaving work there we can talk about that in a second too as you as you want but what you're you're a really talented creative. Um, again, people who don't follow you should be following you. I've been really impressed by the content that I've seen you put out. What why expend your your creative talents like here? Like you could you you could do a lot of different things, but like why why what what is it about? I guess uh, the physical spaces of of a short term rental or or of a home. That, that, you know, gets your juices flowing, so to speak? Like, what what do you think it is about that that really speaks or or, or rather calls out your creativity?
0: You know, one of the things that I, I was thinking about, like my overall philosophy of design recently, yeah. and one of the things I came up with is when I tried to distill all the way down is design is the biggest lever that you get to pull to control how people feel. Hmm. So when you go into a space that's been well-designed, um, the reason any space attracts people is because it makes them feel a certain way. If you think about where people travel, you know, uh, people travel to, you know, gorgeous thousand-year-old, you know, cities in Europe. People go to cathedrals. People go to, you know, gorgeous national parks and, yeah. and mountains and, and you know, all of that is because that evokes a, a completely different feeling like this, like childlike sense of wonder hmm. inside of people. And to me, you know, buildings do that, right? Like it's a very, it's like the most tangible expression of the physical world, right? It's a space that you design from the ground up that you walk into that um, is built around creating, yeah. Yeah this, this feeling of when people walk inside, they're like, wow, this is really nice. This is beautiful. This is, uh, this is different than my house. (laughs) Like I feel lucky to be here. Um, so that's, that's what I'm after. Um, I, I don't know how intentional that was. It's just, it's something that I have experienced and I, I can't get away from it's just, uh, it, yeah, a really, really well done house, a really, really well done backyard. There's, there's something about it that, uh, you just, you can't beat it it's it's the most incredible art project and it's so comprehensive right yeah there's art in it there's landscaping in it there's lighting there's um you know textile choices like it's it's an incredible huge art project
1: yeah yeah you know one it's so funny that you mentioned this it one of the things i was talking about with my wife recently we were we just got back from from portugal and um we were talking about sort of like why when we're on vacation and we're staying oftentimes we're staying at places that are you know way cooler than than our own home. Yeah. And and we were, we were we were remarking like, wow, like why do we feel like we can have like such deep, awesome like conversations here that that just you know, not that we can't have these at home, but it feels different. Like the way that we converse, the things that we talk about are different. And it was funny I, you know, I, I, I'm not a designer at, by any by any sense, but I, but I was like, you know what, I, 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 think that there's something to just the way that this space feels. We're having this conversation in this beautiful room right now. There's like, you know, a the, a gorgeous sunset, floor to ceiling glass, right and we are you know sipping on a cocktail and it's just you know we've got music playing in the background like it's just a gorgeous space and so when we're having this you know heady conversation this heavy conversation right it 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 feels so much more comfortable and we're we're able to we're able to relate at a level that can be a little bit harder to relate at when when we're at home. So you know part of it is, you know, we're just in Europe, we're, you know, we're we're away from our jobs. But I but I really think to your point, there is something about a physical space that is very intentional that inspires a level of connection that other spaces don't.
0: Yeah, I think I think hospitality gets this right, like, and has got this for a long time. So if you look at the best restaurants, if you look at the best coffee shops, if you look at the best hotels, you know, going back for a long time, they have figured that out.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, They, they understand how can we set the lights just right, you know, both, both in actually where they're positioned, you know, hanging from the ceiling. And then also like how much we dim the bulbs to make you feel like, this is evening and this is special and this is intimate and this is cozy, you know? um, It's the same thing. Like hospitality operators are are really incredible in in terms of how much they think about, um, you know, use of space and how far tables and chairs should be positioned from other tables and chairs. So there's very much something to that and you can see it in the, in the best built buildings. That's, that's another thing that I, in general, I think short-term rental operators should do is find the best hotels, find the best restaurants, that kind of thing. Bring that into just do what they do. Yeah. They have it figured out. Yeah, It's so important to their product to have it figured out and, and you can duplicate
1: that in yours. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show was possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a 5-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder, that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. What do you think, Hans, about just when it comes to the investment required to do stuff like this, right? Like, are you of, I think I know the answer to this, but where do you fall in terms of the camps around Hey, you know what? It's really just worth investing as much as it takes to create that kind of feeling that you're looking for versus all right, here's the budget. We have to create that feel this feeling like within the context of this budget like where 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 do you kind of sit as you think as a creative of how how to do this, but you know, well, but at the end of the day, still ensure that this is like a profitable project.
0: It's a great question. that's that's one of the most difficult things. um. Obviously, it's a balance, right? You can't just spend unlimited money on your projects. Yeah. Um, it's great when you can, you know, it's it's great if you could, it's great if you could dream, you know, building up some incredible hotel and, and just spend whatever, you know, you needed to, to to make it take off and, and you know, you have no debt service on it. But most people are going to be, most people are going to be using debt or borrowing money or whatever it is to yeah. um, pull these off and, and you have to make it pencil. Yeah. What I think is... I don't think that well-designed spaces are more expensive than a not-so-well-designed space. Um, as a re- when I was a real estate agent um, and you know doing new construction homes, we would walk through all the time other new construction homes and remodels and flips and that kind of thing. And there's a lot of stuff that people spend a lot of money on creating that's not very well done. They kind of they picked the wrong color floor they didn't you know didn't do a very good job picking their countertops or their backsplash they pick bad light fixtures Hmm. Hmm. none of that is necessarily because they picked cheap stuff it's because that somebody that doesn't have taste picks that stuff (laughs) Um, so you either have to do you know do the hard work to develop the taste or you need to hire somebody with the taste but um, um i'll just add one story to this yeah there was a guy that I met in Nashville uh, that was a builder pretty soon after I started working at that real estate team. Um, and he was building these homes. Um, you you would maybe say mid-century modern, but I think that does a little bit of a disservice to what he was doing. It was very much like his own take on that, his, okay. his modern take on that. Um, but he would use very inexpensive materials. Uh, he used like a lot of cinder block. He would use, you know, just, I don't know, sometimes like unpainted unstained wood, you know, like right from the lumber yard in his buildings. He would use Ikea kitchens and he was able to put together a product that was like really, really visually compelling. Um, and unlike anything else in the market, I remember bumping into him because I admired his stuff. I saw his stuff, never really talked to him, bumped into him actually at the sauna at the East Nashville YMCA (laughs) and was asking him about his build process, uh, Process And he told me, he's like, you know, with, with all these homes, like they all pre-sell, like we don't, we don't list these. Huh. And that was really a light bulb moment for me. Um, I was just like, wow. So you, you're such a good designer that you can use inexpensive materials in a way that is interesting and compelling and create a product that doesn't even need to be listed on the MLS to sell. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. But yeah, I, I hope we didn't get too off track there. No, but, no, no, that's uh, good. Yeah, it was just like I realized, like, okay, like if you can make, you know, something tasteful doesn't have to be an ex- be expensive, yeah. and if you make something that's tasteful and different in your market, you will have no competition. Yeah, you yeah. just get to run the table on that thing, and so that's what I'm all about. Ah, how dude. can you how can you figure out what is the what's the lowest hanging fruit here? lean all the way into that thing you don't have to spend all the money in the world but make sure that you you know when you spend money you spend money the right things
1: yeah oh gosh like you know drop the mic right there that's uh that's so well said it's it's a nice transition actually you had a recent thread that i really liked and it was around sort of like outside rooms and like thinking about yeah. you know like we talk about the outside we talk about landscaping, you know what what you know what would it look like to really treat it as as really an extension of your home right? And you talk about like walls right? And you talk about like courtyards yep. and how like New Orleans like has really like figured this out right? And it was it was a beautiful thread, uh, both visually and in terms of the the content that you provided and the context you provided. But but it was what I was struck by was this idea of like. Re- like taking a, a space that is that you know people might not think too much about initially or it's like okay hey what do we need in the yard we need a couple of chairs adirondack chairs we need like Plastic stringing, yeah. <laughs> we need stringing lights yeah. and a fire pit or whatever and you sort of like you know you're like well you could do that or you could do something like this and you, you show these like different sets of like outdoor lighting uh possibilities that you could explore you talk about walls and seg- you know segmenting it off making it feel a little bit more cozy and, and different and like a like a unique room in and of itself I'm just curious like how how do you how do you sort of uh, any, any sort of I guess words of, of wisdom or, or advice on how folks should take kind of conventional spaces and, and think a little bit differently about them
0: yeah if I can just I guess I want to speak directly to the outdoors please um I think that in the short-term rental space, people should go all in on their outdoor space. This is starting to happen. You're you're starting to see this. Um, I, I would say uh, if, if folks are not familiar, Mark Jenny on Twitter yeah. um, is one of the first people that really started kind of pioneering, like doing quite a bit with the actual ground. So he does crazy stuff like, you know basketball courts and go-kart tracks and pickleball and all this stuff outside, you know, and that's, that's certainly one way to do it. Um, But I think for most people, if you have a short-term rental, you know, you have the house, you're like, this is a nice house. And then you have a backyard, like, okay, you know, what do we put in the backyard? Plastic and Adirondack (laughs) chairs and a fire pit. But the thing is that backyard is like free square footage and it's free square footage that you can turn into a room and an experience. And when you turn that into a room and an experience, it doubles your marketing potential. Hmm. So like all of a sudden you've made this whole extra space that you could potentially make the entire focus of your property Yeah, that you don't have to build walls. Like you don't have to run plumbing to, you know, it's free square footage that you can transform into this magical space and like get all this extra stuff that you can become the best best STR in your market from. So, um, but I do think people should, Like, don't think of a backyard as a backyard Hmm. think of a backyard as like let's make this a room where we live like let's make this a living room let's make this a dining let's you know the grass is the the grass is the floor the gravel is the rug you know the furniture is the furniture (laughs) let's create walls with shrubs let's create a ceiling with lights or the branches of a tree that go overhead and all of a sudden i mean you've made something that Uh, I, I guarantee you is just better than almost everybody else. So I I just don't think, yeah, I think that that's like in a nutshell, by far the lowest hanging fruit for most people in STR is, is make your outdoor space really, really great.
1: And, and what I love about this is, especially if you're in a market where, or, you know, you're, you're, in a, your STRs kind of look like everybody else's, or like maybe maybe it's a single family home, right? Like maybe you don't have like this ridiculously cool A-frame or you don't have a, a cool grain silo, right? Uh, and that's not what your, your STR is the what you're talking about with doing um reimagining sort of like the the backyard that in that in and of itself becomes the unique value offer right that becomes the point of differentiator that that is that is your unique your unique is is the outdoor space so beyond just additional marketing potential it also just i i have to believe it has a direct correlation to to your nightly rate right and like what you what you can charge because again you have a space that is different um and, and and is compelling and is unique and therefore you can charge 50 bucks more per night or whatever yep. it is from the from the neighbor who also has an SCR. but they didn't they you know they they have the Adirond- adirondack chairs and and the and the fire pit right and and that's mm-hmm. it so i i think it's it's both sides of that it's like yeah like how
0: how the guest interacts with the home right all of a sudden you have all this outdoor space you know that's actually functional that's really enjoyable to be in that they can use but you know, like I was saying before too, like, again, this doubles your marketing potential. Yeah. Like this is twice as many pictures that you can take and potentially end up, you know, in the, the lead listing photo of, you know, whatever marketing efforts you have or, or video. Um, so it's just, uh, it's, it's it's a total no brainer. Yeah. everybody should go all in in their outdoor space. Yeah, if you got it.
1: Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. That's a that's a cool hot take. That's not something that people on this show have like talked much about. So I I love that. Um, I do, I do want to just hear from, from your perspective, like who are, you talked about Mark Jenny, obviously we talked about Isaac French a little bit already, but like who, who else, like, do you have other examples of people that you think are just like doing really cool things in the space that are, are worth paying attention to or, or who are some of your favorite sort of creatives and, and owners and, and or operators in the space?
0: Yeah, I, um, you know, you had mentioned Isaac, Isaac is, is exceptional. And I think that like he's he's one of the people that is very much he, he really understands where things are headed yeah um you know the whole experiential hospitality thing um he, he really gets that uh so i i very much look to him you know for inspiration and become friends with them but some of the others um richard furtig is really really good um he was one of the first people on retweet that um retweet is real estate yeah. twitter yeah for those who don't know Uh, Richard, (laughs) Richard is, um, he, he comes from a wall street background and then got into short-term rentals and he's building basically purpose-built short-term rental resorts around the country. But he's one of the first people that I think really laid out clearly, um, you know, kind of the evolution of STR and where STR is headed in the future. And so, you know, his belief is that ultimately STR ends up becoming more like a destination experiential hospitality and maybe even you know off the major platforms and, and more of like a membership based thing so yeah. he was really really helpful in in shaping my understanding of of yeah what I should be thinking about in designing short-term rentals and and for future projects that I'm involved in you know what I should focus on so he's great um Taylor Jones is is another really good one um of just showing how to do short-term rentals and kind of the roll-up strategy of many many different units um, yeah. at scale
1: um i i do want to i do want to ask you about him and i've actually had yeah. him on the show he's great I, I i really respect taylor a lot um but i you know they they've taken i think this approach where i mean they, they seem to be doing really really well they're they're doing design but they're they're really kind of like honing in on um on like branding their individual spaces, uh, in in they're in like major like vacation destinations, right? And you know, from from a design perspective, <laughs> some of the spaces they're they're pretty tacky, right? Like you know, they're they're not necessarily like they're cool for like I guess what the market what the guests in that particular market are looking for, but they're not like high highly designed spaces right um and, or, and maybe a way of saying this is like they're not necessarily elevated they're they're you know they're they're kind of characters like he's got like a home with like a slide in it right from like the top bunk bed to like the the you know the the bottom bunk bed which is super cool and every kid that sees that photo is going to want to go and stay in that space but like you know that I, I would say that there, there's certainly a, a contrast between like how you might approach a project and how how they're approaching a project. What what are your thoughts there? Like are do you think hey, both both approaches can kind of just win and and they they're great? Like how do you, how do you think about sort of their their approach to design versus how how you think about it?
0: Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I think where the ball is heading in short-term rentals, like my personal belief is that Regulations are going to increase in cities yeah. and it's going to be harder and harder and harder to get a permit. The you know fees and taxes associated with that are going to continue to go up. And so ultimately, I think that where things are moving to is similar to what Isaac French is doing is similar to what Richard Ferdig is doing, where we're gonna move into more sort of natural, desirable destinations, yeah. right? Things that are are, you know, more like outside a national park, um, or in, you know, what Richard is doing is building a um, you know, building units in, in places that have the best skiing or the best surfing or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um and so I think that's the direction things are heading. It's going to be uh, higher design higher end and so you know what what taylor's doing what they're doing is it it works yeah. um it works for a roll-up strategy in cities right now and he's obviously been uh you know he owns a lot more short-term rentals than i do so yeah <laughs> um they've all they, they've been very successful in that um where where i'm interested in is is kind of that future experiential hospitality yeah uh, nature approach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. totally well said. And I, I do think, yeah, both, both strategies, uh, can, can absolutely work and, and whatnot, but I just wanted to get your, your quick takes on that. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built ping ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. When it comes to how you approach a project, Hans, like what, how do you, how do you think about it? Like, do you start with a particular room? Do you just kind of, does it change depending on the project that you're working on? Or do you always start with the master bedroom? Like how, like, how do you, how do you approach your projects?
0: You know, I had somebody ask me that question recently uh, and they said like, what's your, you know, what's your, what's your thought behind how, you know, what, what's the first thing that informs, a house. Yeah. And it was like, well, the first thing that informs a house is the house. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I think, I think that you have to take whatever project you're building yeah. or whatever house you are retrofitting and dial all the way down and say, what else is available in my market? What's not available in my market? What can I create? that is, you know, totally unique and totally different from what else is going on around me. And then you have to kind of lean all into that thing within reason. Um, But you have to, yeah, you have to figure out what, what can I offer that other people can't, and then you're going to build the design around that thing. So,
1: Hmm. you know,
0: if you're, um, if you're Isaac French, if you're live Oak Lake, you have the lake, you have the trees, you nestle the cottages in the trees. Yeah. And you know, all the glass and, and all the living space looks out over the lake. The focus is the lake. The name lake is in the brand. Yeah. Um, you know, if you were gonna do something in uh, I don't know, something in Sedona, something in the desert or the mountains or something like that, like your um, you would want to orient your living space and probably your outdoor space around like a view of natural beauty. Yeah. Um and again reinforce that brand what am i what am i offering here i'm offering this kind of you know retreat or spa experience or whatever in nature Um, so I think that's like, first and foremost, you've got to say, what am I offering for, you know, what we did with our short-term rentals in Nashville, what we had is we had green space. We had a courtyard in between the existing home and the new homes that we built. And Hmm. we went all in on that courtyard. Hmm. So we built a pool. We did a hot tub. We did, you know, suspended lights overhead. We did all kinds of landscaping. We did like hand painted, you know, lettering and signage and stuff like that. Because we knew that was something that we could offer. We had a yard um, and other short-term rentals in the area didn't have that. So yeah. I think that's very first and foremost thing. That's that's what you got to figure out. What's my unique value proposition to the market? And yeah. that's where you want to spend, you know, a majority of your dollars.
1: And what I like about this and just a word of encouragement for folks is I think it, it can be tempting when you see all these like crazy cool uh, Airbnbs all across Instagram, right? Wow! Like I can't compete with uh, an Isaac French, or I can't compete with like this cool A-frame, or I can't compete with this dome house. But the reality of the situation is that you're really just competing with like your market, right? And oftentimes, right, even though it might seem like there are thousands and thousands of these really unique stays all over the place, there might be none in your market. And so I think it's really just important to to and to just kind of reaffirm what you were you were saying, Hans. Is like don't get too critical or too hard on yourself or, you know, until you've actually done the work of looking at, you know, what's around and you might actually find that oh wow yes there are, are dozens of these really really cool bespoke you know cabins uh, there are den cabins everywhere but the reality is there are no den cabins here right and, totally. and like and, and i think that that's really really important for people to to remember and to keep in mind as they think about these projects
0: i i think so many people when i see people you know especially here in my market in nashville setting up a short-term rental they think okay it's nashville we need to you know have a dolly parton <laughs> Picture in the living room, we need to have you know Johnny Cash wallpaper, yeah, we need, you know, all that stuff. There's like all these default things that you're supposed to do. We need to have a picture of the Nashville skyline, we need to have, I, I don't know, like cowboy hats yeah. sitting on the coffee table. And these are all these like defaults that people say to do a short term rental, I must do these things. And I think that you should go with completely opposite approach, yeah. which is that is the stuff that everybody is doing. What is the one thing that I can offer this market that nobody else or very few other people are offering this market and then go all in on that thing? Because again, you air, you know, short-term rentals are competitive, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people in the game, like yeah. go all in on the thing that you don't have to compete on. Do not be a commodity, <laughs> be a unique operator in your market. Find that one exceptional experience that you can provide your guests and then build your, all your design and all your branding around that thing.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh, I love it. I love it. This is uh this is so good, Hans. I I do want to ask you about one of the questions actually someone on on Twitter asked. I think this was Christopher Johnson. He uh he asked about um how you think about sort of design continuity across multiple listings, right? So for folks who, you know, if you're thinking about what Isaac French has done, right? It's it's very um it, he's got one place right now, right? Like he has Live Oak Lake. And it's in Waco, Texas, right? And the units are are all pretty similar and whatnot. so it's 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 pretty easy to have kind of like a cohesive, not easy. but like it's a little bit more simple, I should say, to have a to have a cohesive brand For folks that might have a, a larger portfolio that extends across multiple states, right in multiple different uh, uh, contexts, if they do have one brand, like how I guess how do you think about the relationship between, uh, independent brands for each of these places. whether it's worth having kind of a portfolio brand, especially if you're trying to, you know, do anything with memberships and guest retention, how, I guess, how do you, how do you wrestle with this, this big question?
0: I think it depends what you're going for. If you are you know, do you want to create a brand? Do you want to create a uniform brand across a bunch of different properties in different markets that kind of looks and feels the same, that has consistency, just like hotels have consistency, that eventually can get you know rolled up and it, it acquired by VC or something like that. Yeah, is that, is that your strategy? That's certainly one strategy. Um, you could do that. I think that if you have multiple units in multiple markets um to me it's going to be hard to have a really cohesive brand while simultaneously honoring uh the value that i was just proclaiming on the last question which is yeah. go all in on the unique thing
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because
0: each market is different yeah. um so i think that you have to figure out what your uh what your end game is um i like the idea of thinking about scale in terms of um you know, building and construction, I I think that's fundamentally the best way to approach it is um, ground up. If you have the option of doing that, there's so many things, you know, from a design perspective and from also just kind of a functionality and layout perspective and operations perspective that you can do way better if you're able to, you know, conceptualize all of it from the beginning and build it cohesively. Um, But I do think that... um, I think, in general, in design, I'll speak to the importance of continuity. Um, so, continuity is very important. Um, you know, when you're thinking about a single unit. Yeah. So, um, if you look at what Isaac's done, for example, uh, he, he just did a he just did a Twitter thread recently where he was talking about uh, what he did with his pool. You know, he brought in his pool. His pool choice is informed by the design choices that he's made on the front end, right? This Nordic modern, this black, this kind of sleek, minimalist look in the woods, all of that affects the pool that he buys. Hmm. Um, and so I do think that from the, you know, from the beginning, you should think about What is my brand? What is my theme? How does that inform my design choices? And then make all those choices, at least for one individual unit, it's harder to speak for groups of them, Sure, but make all those choices in, in a manner that's informed by that brand. Yeah. Um, It, it will look and feel a thousand times better. If, you know, all the doorknobs are the same. Yeah. If, if you are leaning into a certain theme, you know, know, uh, cohesively throughout each room, as opposed to just kind of doing whatever in each different space. Think, yeah. think about, you should always buy everything that you buy for your short-term rental should visually add to your brand theme. Hmm. I think that's hmm. another like really, really critical thing. Like you yeah. can't just buy, you can't just buy lounge chairs that are lounge chairs. That is not okay.
1: Yeah. You must <laughs> buy lounge chairs
0: <laughs> that fit the actual brand that you are trying to create with your unit, so you got to figure out what that brand is, yeah, and that's
1: going to inform all of your choices. Ah, I love that. That's uh that is another uh, word of of wisdom that I don't think we've heard on on this show yet, and that's it's so important. Which also help. I actually think that that's helpful, right? Like meaning like it's it it should reduce pressure of like oh wow, like how do I make these purchasing decisions. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. I'm only buying things that make sense for the brand that I'm the, the experience that I'm trying to offer in this space. Like that should that constraint should be very helpful to folks.
0: the The internet is full of choices, and we welcome constraints in projects. <laughs> they are great. Uh, they speed things along.
1: You know what you I feel like I feel like you should uh Hans should have like a collaboration with like Minoan or something where you do like a like I don't know, like a, a Hans uh, you know, curated sort of like <laughs> collection or Hans's <laughs> like design philosophy and people can just be like, Okay, cool. I'm gonna go just subscribe and I'm gonna just buy everything through Minoan that like Hans approves or whatever for this kind of you know, vibe that I'm going for. Um that'd be really cool. Hook it up, Zach. <laughs> oh, sorry, what was that?
0: I said hook it up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Um, couple, of, couple of final questions for you, man. One is around, uh, you know, spaces that you think get overlooked. So, so you talked about the yard, which I think is is super important. Any other sort of like spaces that you think are are underappreciated when it comes to folks who are who are designing these short term rentals?
0: You know, that's a good question. I think uh, by far it's the yard. Um, I would just say as, um, an overall design philosophy, um, I would introduce in your interiors, I would make sure that you introduce color. Um, Hmm. I've seen a lot of, you know, it's been increasingly common, I think, uh, over the past few years that there's a lot of sort of like very minimal colorless interiors. Um, and I think it's critically important to, warm things up and make things you know feel like some of those compelling spaces that we want to go to by by introducing like color and the warmth that color brings yeah into spaces so i think you could do that in a living room you know with paint i think that you could do that in a bathroom but um i think we're moving away from everything being stark and white and minimal um back kind of into a more colorful world and so i'm here for it yeah yeah. What one other thing I'll add to that too is if you if you wanted to go all out, you know, kind of maximalist design style, um a bathroom is a great place to do that. Hmm. It's a small space, um it feels like a lot you can really pack a punch with a mirror and certain light fixtures and you know, make it loud and wild and if it's too much you just shut the door on it.
1: But um
0: <laughs> that's a nice area if you really want to have fun.
1: Yeah. No, I I like that a lot. I actually uh, I stated probably like the most like maximum maximalist designed space I've ever been in in this place in San Diego, and um, their bathroom was like out of control. Like they had like it was it was black first and foremost, which mm-hmm. I've never be- I've never like walked into like a stark black like bathroom right. And then they had um, all of these like f- photograph uh, photographs of like these like um, historical figures. And it they were all I don't know it was like a you know a four by seven or whatever uh, frame frames all again with with black frames and then they just the entire bathroom like the entire every single wall just had a photo of like a famous like historical character oh cool um and it was like it was uh, like unlike anything I had ever seen and so but the, the you know one of the hard parts was taking photos like for for like Instagram was really tough because like none of my phone I mean I just have an iPhone so you know I'm an amateur photographer oh it's but too dark it's just too dark yeah and yeah, so it, totally. like it, totally. didn't, it didn't it what it could have been super like insta worthy but it mm-hmm. it wasn't and i didn't end up posting any of those photos simply because like they didn't come out good so yeah um, yeah one other thing i'll, I'll add to that i yeah. just thought of this
0: something that's always overlooked is light fixtures hmm. one of the best things you could possibly do like i'm obsessed with light fixtures i think they're so cool it's like it's sculptural art right yeah. it's literally a sculpture <laughs> that's suspended from the ceiling that's illuminated so cool um <laughs> You could just go into a place and massively change how it feels by just changing all the light fixtures mm. and maybe adding a couple of sconces to the walls. If you go into, uh, you know, if you go into, especially like boutique hotels, yeah. I've really figured this out. Like yeah. Every single light fixture is very intentionally picked. So yeah. that would be actually, other than, other than the backyard, I would say that's actually the thing that gets the most overlooked is... Um, It's just picking good light fixtures. And again, I will add not something that has to be expensive. Yeah, Um, Etsy is kind of an amazing place for that. Uh Um, There are like tens of thousands of sort of small individual mom and pop light fixture makers at very affordable, like not crazy designer prices. Wow. Um, that make really interesting things that you've you know you've never seen before on a wall. So um, I, I'd encourage people to explore that. I love light fixtures. Uh, if anybody ever has difficulty with light fixtures, that's like one of my favorite things to talk to people on Twitter about. So
1: I love it, up. dude. I love it. It's, it's I I I freaking I, I love I just like love light and I love like playing with light in a space. And so one of my like some when when I go to a short term rental, one of the one of the things that I think is just a huge plus right off the bat is if I have multiple ways to light a room right like and and some some places have this well some yeah. places don't but like being a wow be, like i love when i have so like every every light fixture is like a dimmer where i can i can play with sort of the, Dim, the mood dimmers the are setting. dimmers are so important yeah and dimmers not a like people of the, have them like and it, it's annoying and it's like no i'm trying to create a mood
0: <laughs> and you should have like a dimmer on like like everything
1: exactly should be exactly, a dimmer yeah there's
0: no like yeah the, the way that your house needs to be lit at noon is fundamentally different than how your house needs to be lit at 8 p.m
1: yeah yeah (laughs) you know it all needs to come down uh well hans this has been amazing i my 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 final question for you is just like any any additional hot takes you have on on the future of travel and and hospitality as, as you sort of think about where we're going right uh obviously you think hey there's we're, we're going to be thinking a little bit more about how we design in conjunction with nature, how we build these really cool experiences. You know, short term rentals are going to be places that people come to like they're going to come to the destination for the sake of the, the stay, you know, maybe even more so than for the sake of what's around the stay. So this is like a trend that we're that we're certainly seeing. But any, anything else, like any, any other thing that you're paying attention to with respect to how we're all going to travel in the future, how, you know, the things that we're going to care about uh, as, as guests? I don't know if this is a hot take, but I would just say if
0: you look at the world of short-term rentals, um we we started at air mattresses, right? And we didn't actually start at air mattresses. Vacation rentals were always a thing. Yeah. But for for common knowledge, we we started at air mattresses. Um the standards have just gone up and up and up every couple of years. You yeah. can consistently see it what people expect. Um and so uh if I can import you know anything to anybody, it's um, do not compromise your design design is your most important amenity that you have to offer. It's like really, you know, other than up where a place is located, it's pretty much the entire reason why people book is mm. the way that something looks, yeah. um, your photography is super important. Your, your marketing is super important and and all those things benefit when you get a place designed really, really well, um, if you know how to do that, or if you want to do that, you can research, you can look at coffee table books, you can look at different hotels and develop kind of your own philosophy. If you don't know how to do that, I would encourage you to, um, seek out a designer or seek out help with that, because I think that the return that you will get on that investment on the front end is, um, it's, it's, it's priceless. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's makes all the difference in the world and how you're going to differentiate yourself from your competition. Um, so, I just want to impart that.
1: Yeah. I I could not agree with you more there and I'm I'm just super thankful Hans that there are people like you who are pushing the envelope here and encouraging us to to kind of like reimagine what's possible and and get excited. Like I I really when I when I see your content and I'm sure that as as this you know, episode drops, folks that will follow you when they when they see your content. I think it really just, what's most exciting about it is it opens up sort of like new possibilities. And like I walk yeah. away just being like, oh, wow, cool. Like as someone who's not a designer, you know, <laughs> when I can get my, uh you know, things in order and I build, build my property from the ground up, like I'm going to be referencing things that I learned from your Twitter threads as like inspiration for what I want to do. And I think that that, that is what, like, if you're if you're a true hospitality entrepreneur and you're you're interested in differentiating, you're interested in building something that's meaningful and lasting, and that and that really delights you. You have to care about these things, and I I just am so it's thankful so that there are people like you that are reminding us very frequently that it's important to care about these things.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's my pleasure to do it. I. I... I'm just one of those weirdos that like gets extremely excited about light fixtures and umbrellas.
1: So, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to do it for everybody else. Uh, well, great, man. This has been amazing. We'll have, uh, your Twitter linked below any, anywhere else you'd want folks to kind of follow you or or reach out to you if they're interested in connecting.
0: Yeah. I, um, so I'm the head of design at investment.com as well. I'd encourage everybody to uh, go to investment.com. We're in the fractional investing space. So, uh, we're working on, uh, We've got two really incredible um short-term rentals one that you can currently invest in but um if you're not going to go and pursue setting up a short-term rental and operating yourself um investment.com is a great way to actually invest in really good ones that i design uh we're also going to get into a bunch of other asset classes as well but yeah if you uh if, if you need any you know design advice help any of that twitter is is definitely the place that i'm the most active
1: um and is the name of the property that you guys that is live that you can invest in it's it's like it's called the blue crab is that correct the blue
0: crab yeah so Very it's cool. in um it's it's one that we did uh on the chesapeake bay amazing um yeah oceanfront up on a bluff covered in like this these like wild jasmine purple flowers and it's it's a house that yeah we we renovated we put in a um like a, a sunken hot tub a sauna that looks over the water really really gorgeous house uh, so we just finished that project so um we'll hopefully have many more like that that you could invest in
1: amazing man well hey thank you so much for your time hans thank you everyone for tuning in and again be sure to check out the show notes below and follow hans thanks man for your time oh, it's a true pleasure zach thanks so much Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.